Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're looking live at the Calamity Jones Hour. I'm Manny Jones and this is my husband. Glenn, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Uh, we have a Southern guest in the studio tonight, so we're just going to adopt Southern accents. Not about choice, just because we're fucking chameleons. Um, this is September 4th, 2020. Uh, we have a really awesome guest in the studio with us tonight. But a couple housekeeping tips. Um, I am Mandy Jones, the comedian. You should subscribe to my YouTube channel to find the Calamity Jones Hour, as well as the Wildflowers. The Calamity Jones Hour is every Friday from 8 to 9. We film it live. And uh, the Wildflowers is every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30. It's Bonnie Scalisi, another beautiful little stand-up comedian like myself. And uh, and I we uh, we interview different people and we are wild. Uh, last night uh, or last Wednesday we had Kathy Arnold and we did Crazy Tales and it got really wild really quick. Uh, we had a good time, baby. You wanna uh, say something? Um, something. We we <laughs> have my, my we have my friend Zach. We graduated high school together. Um, he's a tattoo artist. You wanna you wanna continue the intro, baby? Yeah, I'll give him. The formal intro, but real quick, um, just real quick, share, share, share. Uh, hey Nancy Weems, hey David Lang, uh, please share the show, guys. Um, uh, so yeah, we have um a tattoo artist in the room with us tonight. He was born in New York, but then moved down to Tennessee in 2008 with his stepmom and his dad, and he found his love for tattooing. January 2012, he became an apprentice down there, um, found his heart in the city of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, tattoo capital of the world, some may call it. Uh, let's introduce, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Zach Decker. Woo! Oh, and he's also uh, the man uh, responsible for the Calamity Jones Hour logo and the that you're looking Flowers at. Logo. And the Wildflowers logo. The Wildflowers logo. The man behind the curtain. More to come. Zach Decker, welcome. Welcome, up, welcome. Hello. Hello, how are you? Well, welcome. Well, first, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. They, you know, it's important. It's important to, um, you know, all my friends are like, I love you, Mandy, and I support your show, but like, I don't watch it. So it's really cool when I get to have a friend sit on the show. So, so you know that I have to watch it? Because <laughs> I know you're going to watch it later. Because yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I know you're going to watch it later. Um, last night, Shawnee and I went live. Uh, Shawnee is, is who brought us together. Yeah. Uh, Shawnee's a really good friend of mine, uh, infantry combat vet. Uh, he went live last night, and he's doing a little podcast. He's going to go on Thursday nights where he's going to do his own little thing. Uh, but we wanted to have Zach on the Calamity Jones Hour for a proper interview because you just got up here to to New York. So welcome. Yeah, this is my first time back since uh, 2008 when I moved down to Tennessee. Yeah, hell yeah. Jesus. So that seems wow, like so a lifetime. So you right out of high school, you left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally, I graduated and moved down there. Peace. Peace. Guys, yep. peace out. Um, my stepdad's from Tennessee. So like part of my heart is from Tennessee um, because my stepdad came into our home and totally was just like, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes I'm just gonna love your mother and um he's more of a big brother than a uh father figure to me and him my sister and my mom actually are like 
pretty equidistant in age because he's a lot younger than my mom. He's right? dead in between. <laughs> yeah, he's like dead in between the two, but m- mature, like wise. He's like a, he's been born and dead like a million times. Well, he's like, like an old man. He worked in a sawmill when he was like eight years old and saw guy's arm oh, get cut yeah, off. And I like, worked in a sawmill when I was down there, and it was it was. You really worked in a sawmill? Yeah. Yeah. All his stories are like Huck Finn. Like everything he says, I'm like, you know, grew up on a farm, you know, grew tobacco, uh, was a tattoo artist for guns mostly, yeah. uh, you know, owned a house at 17. Sounds about like Tennessee. Yeah. But let's, <laughs> but let's talk about you. So you found your love for tattooing. You got a tattoo and you said, I love tattoos or you love tattoos and then got well, a tattoo. I've always been an artist. Um, growing up, I've always was in like art competitions and stuff like that. And then when it came time for me to stop working in kitchens and find a real job, quote unquote, uh, I Career. started looking into like going to school. I was a freelance graphic designer and I, um, I designed t-shirt designs for bands and MySpace layouts. I designed Toe Swift's MySpace. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of I didn't good, even know that. I didn't even know that. And I had but um, it just, I don't know, I looked into going to school for graphic design and thought, well, what's the sense of me going to school if I'm already doing it freelance? Okay. And um, I don't know, it just clicked one day. I lived that alternative life of piercings and tattoos and I'm an artist. Why can't I be a tattoo artist? And I, I found someone accepting an apprenticeship and, and they took me as an apprentice for two years and, and I engulfed myself with tattoos and, and it, it became my life now. Tattoos are my everything. Yeah. Now, now, not everyone knows about like an apprenticeship. So an apprenticeship is you you sit under them and you do stencils first. Well, um, well, my apprenticeship was a proper apprenticeship. A lot of guys nowadays don't get to do what I did. Like, I, I learned all the old school stuff that guys did before Amazon and, and China came along and started mass producing everything. I, I soldered my own needles that I used to tattoo on, wow. on Sundays okay. and Thursdays. We soldered our liners on Sundays and our shaders on Thursdays. And uh, we made our own pigment. We rented a hotel room and got a bunch of cheap blenders from Walmart and just mixed and trashed this fucking cheap-ass hotel room. Because <laughs> tattooing doesn't wash out. So yeah, that's, well, that's the whole point, I think. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I learned how to build my machines. I built my first machine out of a block of iron. And uh, I got to learn all the old school stuff that not kids nowadays don't even get to learn. And uh, uh, for the first two years, I had to use those soldered needles. And I had to... Um, you know, do brave friends tattoos, and then, and then after I was deemed worthy to do walk-ins, I started doing walk-in tattoos, and then I worked at that shop for about four or five years, I believe. And um, uh, I guess I was worthy enough to work at that shop because it was the longest-running shop in the area. And then I, I decided to move to the big city of Nashville, which was about an hour away from me, and and I uh. I kind of, I, I met a gentleman online who wanted to open up a tattoo shop, and I built this shop from the ground up with him, and he got me mixed into some some drugs and, and some messed up stuff, and uh, and because of that, those drugs, I uh, ended up, I was in a really bad car accident back in 2017. I, uh, I fell asleep at the wheel going 85 miles an hour, and, and hit a semi-truck and flipped, and then a second semi-truck hit me, and I was ejected through the windshield, and uh, they pronounced me dead on the scene for eight minutes, and uh, then I was a revived and in a coma for, for almost a month, and I cracked my skull, my brain was bleeding, my ribcage collapsed, punctured both of my lungs, shattered my pelvis, 
have a traumatic brain injury that I still suffer from today. And, um, and they expected me to be a vegetable for the rest of my life, but they said I wasn't going to walk or talk or do anything. And, and I defied odds and became an anomaly, they say. And, and here I am. Uh, well, that's awesome. Three years later, still walking, talking, and, and I'm tattooing. Because that was, you well, had a girlfriend at the time. Well, real quick, just my grandpa's number was eight. He always, his lucky number was eight. And I like eight because it's infinity. So you were dead for eight infinity. Minutes. Yeah. Infinity. And they, they, they say um, typically around six minutes of, of no oxygen to the brain, you're, you're a vegetable. Yeah. And, and you and, came and back. I, I, I mean, I have a... Uh, I have a problem with my attention span and my memories can eat shit. But other than that, like, I'm so is every humans though. I I was like I was like I have a terrible memory, and you're like yeah no I really don't remember anyone from high school. I'm like me neither, and he's like no because of my brain injury. I'm like oh fuck like yeah <laughs> yeah no, but it's true. Like <laughs> I, I hate that like like a lot of people they, they when they hear about it they like I don't know they they want me to. If they feel like I use it as like an excuse, but it's not really an excuse, you know. It's like I just I don't remember shit. Yeah, no, all, it's ever. just a it's just a fact. It's yeah, just a it's, fact. It's just that's me now. Like I don't remember fucking anything. I barely remember what I wore yesterday, let alone like two weeks ago. And when you came back to so, thinking about life, you wanted to start tattooing. The only thing I remember is tattooing. That's all I fucking remember. You started and talking you had, about tattooing. What I, I was getting into was you had you said you had a girlfriend. Yeah. That was making you draw a rose every day or flowers. Yeah. When I when I first started like wanting to get back into tattooing, my ex she, she asked me to draw her a rose every single day because she knew roses before I wrecked were my favorite things to tattoo and draw. Okay. okay. And, and every day I would draw these scribbly ass shitty fucking roses that that were just horrible excuses of, of a rose and. And slowly but surely, drawing that rose every single day it got got me into got me into the swing of drawing again, and get, gave me some hope that I could actually tattoo again. Yeah. And um, it was about a year and a half of recovery before I could like actually start like getting up enough balls to tattoo someone. And I tattooed myself first, and and then uh, decided I could finally take on the nerve of tattooing someone else. And uh, yeah, it. Roses and I have a very special and emotional attachment that that um I, I still carry to the to this day. Like tattooing roses. Yeah, it, oh, it brought your it brought your art back. Yeah. Like it's real quick. I want to say hello to some people that are sharing the story. Bill Hansen, um, Carrie, my cousin Foley, Nancy Weems says howdy, y'all. Linda, Glenn's mom's watching. Jane is Glenn's aunt. Um, Nancy Weems is great. She's down from Tennessee. And David Lang, he's an awesome dude. Um, always just tuning in and now is a loyal yeah. supporter. Um, these are real people watching, so they like to hear the real stories, you know. Oh, and yeah, we, we shout them out because they're part of they're part of um, like when Bonnie and I do the wildflowers. Um, they we submit story, we talk, start telling crazy stories, and they throw crazy stories in. So if you guys have any questions for Zach or any concerns, tattoo jokes, yeah, anything, any, anything yeah, what do you guys have tattoos? Because I've got some questions for Zach. I don't know what you've got, Glenn. Um, but one of the mine questions, are more serious. If you want to go on to something lighter, okay, all right. Well, one of mine. Um, what's the favorite? What's your favorite tattoo that you ever got to do for somebody? That I ever got to do for somebody? Oh man. I don't know. Uh, Top ten. <laughs> one of your favorites. Just um, memorable, then. One of the good, one of the good ones. <laughs> um, 
I remember, well, I, this girl came in, uh, she was a, a frequent customer of mine and she wanted to start her life sleeve and she wanted to get like portraits or, or characterized portraits of people that she, she admired a lot. And the first one we did was Post Malone. And I hated Post Malone. <laughs> if you guys don't know him, he's a gentleman that's covered in tattoos. And I hated him. Just I don't know. I don't like hype. I never liked hype with anything. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyone that's over publicized, I despise. But like for some reason that night when I tattooed that Post Malone, something clicked with me. And now like Post Malone's the only thing I fucking listen to when I tattoo. Like Feeling like, Whitney is a great song. Like it's Post Malone. Like I looked into him and his hustle when how he came to be like. He's a, he's a he's a real OG. Like, Hell yeah! Playing fucking Minecraft on YouTube, he got this uh, discovered. Oh okay, and, and all right. Just a, a random kid playing acoustic guitar, <laughs> playing yeah. some Minecraft, and now he's Driven. the biggest name in fucking. In Hell yeah! But that's Hell what yeah. The, that's what the internet does now. Like you, it really have access to so many people and so many different things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like in split second, like that's why I love social media, love and hate social media for like my portfolio. Because in a split second, boom. My, my, that tattoo I just did is available to the world to see. Now, have you you yeah. get a lot of customers probably from just like yeah, yeah. DMing you or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, I haven't really reached out lately. I, I kind of took a break from social media because it's a blessing and a curse. But yeah, a lot of times um, I've I've had people travel hundreds of miles just to get tattooed by me when they hear my story or or they uh, see a design that I drew up and like a band will repost because a lot of my stuff is musical influenced and. They'll repost my design, and someone saw that design on their friend's Instagram, and then someone drove all the way from North Carolina to Tennessee just to get tattooed by me. Hell That's yeah. awesome. But you can't get That's... tattoos in North Carolina, right? Uh, or is or it South, South Carolina? Carolina. South Carolina, it's, it's pretty illegal. But that's like, uh, it's like being part of the club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you being a roadie. Well, and like, when you were you know, showing, we like... were asking you about your tattoos at dinner earlier, and you weren't just saying what the meaning behind it was you're saying the Name artist that did it and where you got it like it's very yeah. much like a it was like a like a his passport yeah yeah like it was like basically has a meaning like uh, that's the cool thing about tattoos they can mean the world to someone they could be uh, in remembrance of a loved one or or anything but like none of mine really have a meaning i just go to the artist that i pick pick out like who i've admired their stuff and looked up to and i just tell them to do whatever just whatever they want if they have a sketchbook and stuff they have like I'll pick from that, but I, I, I just been to, I think my right arm, I have over $5,000 and like six, seven states down in it. Like, yeah, I'm, that's right. And you're saying, explain to the viewers the thing you were saying about the Sailor Jerry. Oh, oh uh, this, this, my, this one right here. Yeah, this, uh, he's got a hog. Uh, it's a hog or a boar. It's a wild boar. And it was actually, it was a hand cut by Sailor Jerry acetate stencil that uh, gentleman Doc Cooper from Knoxville, Tennessee at, at St. Tattoo. Um, he had the actual acetate stencil that Sailor Jerry hand cut and he stenciled it just like they would back in the day and tattooed it just like they would back in the day. Just old school, no gloves, just, just balls to the wall, old school. And uh, that's a, a cool little memory to have with that tattoo, like that that Sailor Jerry actually touched something that touched me. And, yeah. And he's like the father of the of the the game. Cool. That right yeah, that's really cool. That's like getting uh, indoctrinated and. Well, it's a, it's a matter of it's you're part of the history of it. Yeah. Because I didn't I I don't have any tattoos, but I didn't know that about like the whole like idea of like the acetate like you said it was like vaseline to transfer it yeah, and like yeah, it was a one shot go like, it's you just 
carved some grooves in a piece of plastic. They actually used to rob um, convertible cars, the, the old school, like convertible <laughs> plastic um, moonroof that they had in convertible cars. They would, they would cut those out of the cars on the sides of the streets and use those for acetate stencils. Okay. <laughs> and they would uh, just put some carbon filings down in the grooves that they cut with either an awl or a, a record needle and then just transfer it to the skin that way. And it was just one shot go. You couldn't wipe. There was no, like, stencil paper or anything like that like we have nowadays and are you ever like blown away by like thinking about how hard it was for them to do that and now you're like in photoshop like doing stuff that <laughs> oh, like yeah, it would have taken them like yeah you're like a little eraser because i've seen you with your tablet you know I you've got like, your stylus and you can erase and you can <laughs> I, I think like me like soldering my own needles and building my all my machines and just excuse me for um <laughs> Like learning how to do all that stuff yeah, it lets me have a greater appreciation for it nowadays. Because like yeah, nowadays, right, right, any schmuck totally. could, that could, could, you know, man, I can draw pretty good. You know, can get on Amazon right. and buy a kit, and and they just don't. They uh, the appreciation isn't there. Like I got to see exactly how they fucking had to do it. Right, right, right. You're thankful for every stroke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's, it's um tattoos. Uh, it's. It's a lot, I'm a lot different than a lot of the rock star tattooers, you know. I, I'm I'm grateful that one, I'm able to do it even since my accident, and two, like, like complete strangers come in to me and ask me to change their lives forever through my art, which is my everything. I put my everything into every tattoo I do, and and for you to put so much blind faith to to believe that everything I show you in that portfolio is stuff that I've done. And like for you to believe that and then to then ask me to give you a piece of my everything that you get to look down on every single day and remember me and remember who you were and remember who I was, you know, that's, that's a cool feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's like a it's time and place. Cause you actually reminded me, uh, with my first boyfriend, Bobby, we went and got a character, a cartoon on the fucking New York city street. And it was like nice cartoon drawings. And they were like, here you go. And the person who did the drawing was definitely not the person who had the art out. And we got a so fucking. So you're saying that the caricatures we, that you got like a We half got like a really shitty characters of us, but like they had like really nice nice like work yeah. i'm sure that happens a lot though I mean, <laughs> so yeah. thank god that that wasn't on my body um with him yeah um any have you ever denied service has anyone ever said a placement or something that they wanted that you're like a lot, no. probably, right? or... yeah I, I don't do racist stuff I don't okay know. so people jokingly have wanted racist stuff or legitimately or either way you're just like no there's been a few like serious people yeah wanted, like swastikas or no. like, yeah. stuff that like that, that has uh, like an anti whatever meaning okay. to it and I, I won't do that yeah it's just not cool okay um in my eyes like i, I just don't you, have to, right, morally, right, exactly. you have to morally agree yeah, with something yeah. about it like. i actually i love on uh sons of anarchy one of the scenes the jacks the the guy is in that he gets in the house of like another uh and the nazis and the kids there's two like like an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old these kids they're strapped with these big guns and the, the kids are yelling to him. They're like, show us your tats. Because they they're were like, Nazis, so they wanted they to see knew. a swastika or And he's like, like, I actually got some really cool shit. You know, he's like, I got, you know, because he's got like Reaper on it, you know. And But they're like, the kids know. The kids are trained. Show us your ink because yeah. that's your, you know, that's raw. That's, you know, that's, you, you, that's not, if you are down with the sickness, you know, yeah, you'll yeah. get that shit on you. Um. So yeah, I didn't even think of that when I asked you that question. I didn't even think of racist shit. Yeah, I just yeah. thought of maybe. Do you think of kiss of death? Like, 
um, type of thing. Like Glenn initially said, like we were talking about Sons of Anarchy. The guy's got uh, his girl. What's the girl? Luann. Oh, he's got Luann across him. But uh, Luann across also his forearm. She, yeah, Luann also cheats, cheats on him in the story. But but that's but that's Mike. Mandy's <laughs> stepdad was a tattoo artist, and he said that the name of someone you love that's not a family member. He'll do kids' names. He will not do wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. I'll do that all day. I'll, I'll tattoo those all day because that's just repeat customer coming back for me to cover it up. Yeah, like, no doubt. But, but uh, uh, I mean, you think I would learn like tattooing like uh, significant others' names and stuff? That I, I, is it good step? I wouldn't do that. But yeah, I mean. Cause I, I proposed to my ex by getting "Will you marry me?" tattooed on my leg, and now I'm stuck with this "Will you marry me?" and, and her, her answer tattooed on me for the rest of my life. But, but uh, she did answer, but yeah, it she, just she, didn't go right. It didn't go through with that. No, and I and I kind of covered it up, kind of, kind of slyly. <laughs> well, I did see. I, I actually did see. On I went to your page today, and somebody had it looked like Tim. Like, oh, yeah. really bold, like, harsh letters on the stomach. Oh, yeah. And you made that three roses. And that was a cover-up tattoo that I was like, that, whoa. That, like, Because that, that looked like that was hard to cover up. That, that was cool because they came, they drove hours to, to where I was tattooing. And they went to every sh- single shop in the city and they turned her away because it was almost so impossible dark. cover yeah. up. They, yeah, they, they it was just like, no joke, like dark black lettering. And, like, like, they, they were in town just for the night. They, they weren't going to come back. They, they were just Aww. set on tattoo, like getting that tattoo covered up. And, you know, I took it under my belt and I was like, you know what, fuck it. If they, yeah. if, if they drove fucking two hours and they want to get tattooed tonight, I'm going to cover that thing up and I'm yeah. going to do it tonight. Like, yeah. And, I, and, I, and they were very stoked on the outcome and I was stoked on the outcome. But, like, I, it made me feel good that, like, Every other fucking schmuck wanted to turn it away, and they just like brushed it off. Yeah, like a challenge, you know, and you yeah, know, and then definitely. and then it's almost like because this person's like, oh fuck, I've made a bad decision, and people are like, you smoking cigarettes? Like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you yeah, did. It's dark. Like, yeah, fucking, I'll give you something new if you want, like a heart or something else, and you're like. All right, what are we gonna do? Like, let's you know, yeah, let's you know, like let, let's put on a pot of coffee and uh, let's get this thing figured out. I don't know, guys in this industry, they become prima donnas and they just won't, they don't, you know, they they're too cool to do this tattoo or that tattoo or they, you know, I'm booked out three months in advance and all this shit and it's it's not about that. It's about like the the customer interaction and like she wanted that tattoo and she wanted to cover it up and and I'm, I'm gonna make damn sure she walked away with something that she wanted. You know, oh, yeah. that, that she's yeah. happy with. And, yeah. And like, I'm like, she drove fucking two and a half hours to go go try to get it covered up. Honestly. I'm not let her drive away unhappy. Go to uh, Zach Decker Tattoos right above Zach Decker's head uh, there on Instagram uh, tonight, later after this show, and check out his work. Um, if you're in New York, hit us up. If you're looking, yeah. DM Zach yeah, he's Decker. Doing private, uh, he's private in a private studio. studio. Um, if you're looking to get some ink um, during COVID. Um, one of the things that we were talking about, you and I, um, with this whole COVID thing and not being a political thing, but our passions being illegal during uh, these times. It's yeah. just so hard for us. Me as a comedian, just trying to tell jokes. I'm like putting on free comedy shows in my backyard. And you like are taking a serious risk if you give somebody a tattoo. Like yeah. you can't just tattoo out of the back of your car. Like if you wanted to, you could, but like you shouldn't. And like that's so fucked up because like so many people are doing it for some semblance of 
somebody died, I want to remember them, or I want to show love to this, or um, I just moved and I'm I'm moving on. It's transformation. Yeah. They're always a mar. They're always symbols of something. They're always somebody's symbol of their their mile markers in people's lives, and like to take it away from both the tattoo artists and the people who um like you know. I know my friend Longo's covered in tattoos. I know right now he's itching to get a tattoo um, and is going to probably, you know, try to connect with you in the private studio because it's like, <laughs> oh my God, when you have something taken away from you specifically, then you want it even more. Yeah, it's like, wait, no, I can't get it on my chin. Yeah. I can't get something. I can't get a fucking smiley face on my fucking ass. Damn right I can. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you tell me I can't. Well, you got hit really hard with the COVID because like, in my eyes, like, you could have 500 people walking around at fucking Lowe's, like, mouth-breathing on everything, but me, trained in sterility and taking bloodborne pathogen classes, I can't sit one-on-one with a client and, and, and tattoo them. Like, yeah. it just makes no fucking sense to me. It right. really does. I know, and, it's and you're just trained, like you said, trained in cross-contamination yeah, and yeah. clean, clean cleanliness, cleanliness, yeah. yeah. And, like, they, they say that we can't, we couldn't work at first, but now it's appointment only, and then and then no walk-ins and like 80 percent of your clientele is fucking walk-ins right right because a lot of people i'm sure don't have they don't know what artist they want they want to just go talk to someone before they just get an ink it's it's gratification in the society we live in it's people want what they want when they want it and if they can't get it right then and they're gonna they're gonna go down the street to someone that will do it for them yeah and it's like that uh, it's a spur of the moment thing tattooing and and for for the COVID, like not allowing walk-ins, it just fucking destroyed. I know so many guys that have had to shut down shops just because of this shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah no, I believe yeah. that. It's discerned, dis- disheartening, you know. Yeah, because like, it's our lives, it's our everything. Yeah, because twenty-year-old men, they they work all week and then they spend their money on tattooing on the weekend. They like, yeah, I just earned, I just fucking. But I just got I just got money. Now I want to fucking ink me up. I want an eagle. I want fucking you know what I mean. Yeah. And then and you guys make some money and they get some money. Um, well, here look at uh, Bruno's got a question. Where is the easiest place for a tattoo that's the least painful? I think anywhere on the arm, like the lower forearm area, is probably the easiest. Okay, it doesn't, um, doesn't hurt. Well, then yeah. it's easy to like get to. Probably. That's what I'm always so, dreaming about. Like, um, but these are like so hard to cover. Yeah, I that's mean, what I love. It's though. a, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a positive and negative. You know, it's visible, but it's it's the easiest. Anything that the sun touches, they say, is probably the easiest place to get a tattoo. So like okay. anything, like if you're in a short sleeve shirt and shorts, anything the sun touches. Okay. Um, so it's just like more dirt, like durable skin. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's just been, suntanned yeah. and and it's it, it's made to with withstand stuff. I know the most. Most painful would be the fatty tissue because there's more um, nerve endings and stuff like belly and butts. I hear they're they're the most painful. Okay, see, I I would think I would always thought the bone. I would always thought the bones would have hurt. Yeah, I got my ribs. Like I have my this is done. Uh, And for me, like I mean, everyone's body's different too. Yeah, that's true too. Receptors are different. Like I got my chest, my stomach, and my rib cage out of the way first because I thought that was gonna be shitty. But the last tattoo I got was my foot, and I don't know if I want to get tattooed. My foot. Like a bang of mashed up assholes, like that was not fun at all. <laughs> oh, on the top of your foot? Yeah, my entire foot. It, it, uh, that was not fun at all. But like, <laughs> everyone's different, you know. Like 
what what hurts me is probably gonna be pain, painless for you, or could be painless for you. It just it just depends on who you are and how your body takes it. Yeah, and it's well, probably day to day too. Like well, some t- some days it hurts more than others. Well, yeah. it's true. I found well. First of all, I went and got the outline. My I have a ten hour tattoo on the, the side of me for you guys in the audience. Um, and so it's the outline was like two and a half hours. Um, so I was just amped 18 year old kid. Like as soon as I could get it, you know, didn't even feel it. You know, we fucking sat there and then I was on my period when I went back to get the color and it's lot a layer on the color. And he was like, any chance you're on your, I was like, it's fucking hurts a lot more than the fucking, you know, he's like, any chance you're like menstruating, like not even to be like a weirdo, but like that came up at one point. And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, actually. And he's like, your body's just, you're more likely to get, you know, fucked up. Like, if you drink alcohol on your period, you're more likely you get fucked up easier. Uh, you know, anything just hits you easier uh, or harder. Um, and he, as I was getting tattooed, a session of tattooing, he was like, yeah, we won't schedule your next one <laughs> during your period. Uh, we won't schedule this third. Well, He's a old school guy. He just passed away earlier this year, but he said if tattoos didn't hurt, pussies would get them too. Yeah, it's true. And, it's true. <laughs> I had to earn it. I had to earn it because I came home with the with the uh, you know the big um, outline, and I had two more sessions now that I had that I was in for. Um, I just wanted to feel something permanent at eighteen. You know, my parents were divorced family and everything felt so shaky and unsure you know my brain wasn't full so i was like i need something permanent it makes you feel alive it does when you feel that pain it makes you like realize that there's there's still something there and i was taking control of myself like i was taking control of the i was putting my hands on the wheel and like i said i was gonna be talking to a a southern accent so here it is y'all um did you ever, did anyone ever want you to stop like halfway because of pain? Uh, I've had one, one in the eight plus years of, of man or woman. It was a woman. Okay. It was a lower back tattoo. It was like a tramp stamp, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, I, I made sure that uh, she sat through enough to where I could make it a finished tattoo and have it not look like it was a half. Yeah. Cause yeah. her be like, Zach Decker did this and you'd yeah. be like, that piece of shit did not come yeah. out of my fucking, yeah, like you <laughs> like, like hold her down and fucking get like some sort of color in on her yeah, leg. Yeah, I have to make sure it, I mean, at least, at least look like it. a half finished product. Cause you know, my, my name's on it, you know, that's, that's my everything. That's my and legacy. She was what just, I leave behind and she die. was just like, it hurts too much. Fuck it. it yeah, she just she just couldn't take it. So so I mean, she she got like a half like it was an all right tattoo. It wasn't it wasn't, wasn't like, your best. Yeah, you were you weren't satisfied. It was quality, but it just wasn't how I wanted it to be. Yeah, the, you would have sat you would have yeah. sat longer with her. Um. So, um, I want to go back to. <laughs> Me and you had a discussion the other night about the eight minutes while you were, you know, dead on the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you saw. You want to tell the viewers what you saw? Because, yeah. like, I was, well, I was I very like, interested. Like, like, there's a, whenever someone dies or is dead, you know, they, we always hear these, like, these seeing the light, like, uh, stories. And, like, I, I hate to, like, like. I don't know. I hate to. You don't want to be, be like, cliche yeah, or something. Yeah, I don't want to be that that cliche person. But when I was the only thing I remembered from from February third, which was when my accident happened, until March twenty eighth was when I I started retaining knowledge. Um, 
uh, there was nothing. I don't remember any of my recovery. I don't remember any of the doctors teaching me how to walk or talk or anything. I don't remember anything except for this dream or, or whatever it was. And I was, um, I was in this room. It was a Tiffany blue room. It was like bright mint green, Tiffany blue. And th there was no walls. It was like the matrix almost like there's nothing except just this color. And there was a, a table in the center of the room. And, uh, there was um my my dead grandfather who passed away in 2010 or 2001 and my dead uncle who passed away in 2005 and my my actually my old drug dealer who who passed away a few months prior to my accident so like the only real connection that they all had was that they were all dead and me and we were standing in the in this room with this table in the center and there's like a staircase with a very ornate ironwork um, railings and stuff up and there was this door up at the top of the two stairs and and they were all reaching across this table asking me to come with them and I just kept saying that I wasn't ready yet I wasn't ready to, to go with them and and I'm not sure ex what that was I don't know if that was me seeing the light I don't know if that was me like dying like, being dead being like a you're stubborn not being asshole right. I think yeah, you're not ready to go is. I think you came back to do more work. Yeah. Feel yeah. more pain on earth. It, it makes me, like, tattooing just, I'm like, extremely grateful that these people asked me to change their lives forever, and especially after the accident, you know? Like, I, I'm given so much, so much blind trust, and and it, it's very humbling to, to know that these people asked me to change their lives forever. You know, it, it's a cool fucking feeling, especially when they said I wasn't supposed to walk or talk or do anything ever again. It's, uh... It's it's weird. Tattooing's weird. And Life's weird. It's not weird. It's surreal. It's yeah, surreal, yeah, and it all but it all ties together with with yourself. Because like you said that you previously your your favorite color was the Tiffany blue, or, right? Like or, that wasn't just yeah, the, or the was tie, did it become the, your favorite the tie color? Was like years prior to me wrecking, and and before I had this this dream or, or whatever. Like I was seeing a therapist, and the first day of therapy. He, um, he was, he was all alternative and holistic and stuff. He was all about chakras and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And he, he gave me a bag of colored pencils and he, he said, pick out the color that gives you the most solace and the, and the most, like makes you most calm. And whenever you start having anxiety or start, start having a panic attack, uh, to picture that color spiraling into the center of your chakra. And the color that I picked was, was Tiffany blue. It was a mint green. And like. I don't know if, 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 like, years later when I was dead, if my subconscious, like, knew that that color gave me the most solace, or, or if, like, that, if anything, like, it was just a strange connection, you know, that, that that color just so happened to be the color that gave me the most calmness, and then that was the color I seen when I was dead. I don't know, it's, it's a strange connection that I, that I realized. I, I think that we very much like our kinder people are kindred spirits like me and my aunt. I think adult, adulthood people ask an adult what their favorite color is because it's something that, like I like to do like little quiz questions with my coworkers and stuff. I can't stand when a grown man won't answer what their favorite color is. It's like you don't have a favorite color like it's mine's purple like I always write in purple ink like I purple is my favorite color. You can go look at my closet and like, I, I think that colors really are important to, to yeah. who we are and what, you know, Most definitely. even people that don't see colors still 
see their version of color. Like, I don't know. And Mine's gray. Well. Mine's gray, by the way. My favorite color is gray. So yeah, we like, talked about this the other night and how many different types of gray there like, are. Because um, I, I can't remember who it was, but some my mentor brought it up that in order to see if you have the, the most contrast that, that you want to have in a tattoo, like to make sure a tattoo is done quote unquote to to the best of its ability is you turn it grayscale. You put it in Photoshop or any kind of photo editing and you take away all the color and then you look at the tattoo and you see it in shades of gray. And if there's varying shades of like dark gray, medium gray, light gray, then then you've achieved enough contrast. You you're able to portray whatever they wanted you to portray but but with the colors and like and that that just that kind of just stuck with me throughout uh, like my career and stuff so so gray is like gray is a very universal color you can take the gray from complete darkness complete zero black to complete lightness of white and those percentages of gray are like all you do is add a hue to it and you can create any color in the color spectrum with with gray mm-hmm. and, and that's why i like it so much and there's like bluish grays there's purplish grays there's greenish grays and so so gray. now very universal relating but relating to that can uh relating to that uh do you believe in duality like you know like or is it more of a grayscale like i I don't know that's that's tough that's a a i don't know what you mean by that well it's like black black and white is duality like you know like yin and yang like heaven and hell but like really we live in the grayscale between the colors, Roy G. Biv, like, you know, like we live in between colors, uh, in between duality and ambiguity. Ambiguity, yeah. And that's where the gray lands. That's that's tough to say. Like, I mean, I I don't know. Because, you know, I've seen the other side and it's, uh, it's, it's, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a whole nother whole nother episode i think <laughs> of uh getting into duality and, and life and death and good and bad black and white but um purple and purple tiffany and, blue purple and tiffany and the weird thing is tiffany blue is like the, the actual complement of purple so that's weird too yeah and it, it's funny because to get my purple pens i have to buy like sets of pens and the other night we were hanging out, and I was like, "I this pen is for you, Zach." Like we just talked about it, and it was like it was pretty much Tiffany yeah, blue. Yeah, it was more of a green. It was a minty. It was a minty blue, and I was just like, "Oh, Nancy Ween says hers is purple too," but uh, I was like, "It just belongs with it belongs with you." But uh, what were you gonna say, baby? You had a question in the comments here, didn't you? No, David Lang had said, um, "Thank you, Zach, for sharing your personal stories. Very inspiring." Um, David Lang is, like I said, new supporter of mine and Bonnie's, and he's been tuning into everything we've been doing. And I've been watching on what his page is all about. He's wrote a book. He published a book. He um, had a picture the other day of his him up to here with uh, all um, composition notebooks, all about oh, journaling. I saw, I saw that. I, saw I, I actually snapshotted that David Lang and sent that to my husband. You're in our fucking chat. Yeah, I have that picture. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, no, it's well, important. No, it's, a beautiful, because... it's a beautiful story, man, because you came to, I think creativity is what is the thing that collectively, it's, it's different what, what everybody's creative in, but it's what makes people happy yeah. and you share your creativity permanently 
with other people, which is just like the other thing that makes people happy is doing things for other people. So yeah, like yeah. it's kind of like a melding of the two. Like yeah, it's like tattooing is my everything. I've like ever since I woke up and started like retaining knowledge and stuff. Like tattooing is the only thing I remembered. You know, I I don't I don't I didn't remember like my childhood that much or. But I know how to fuck inside of those needles, and I know how to build that those machines and make those colors. Like for some reason, it stuck. That in part me. of your it, brain locked in. It was, in, was, it was important. It was important. Yeah, like that was. Yeah. No. It was, yeah. Sure. No. It's no. I think I think it's really awesome. I mean, like, because even like like I said, I got my side tattooed when I was eighteen, and to this day ladies i'm a 30 year old lady when i drank a couple of sodas or a couple of beers and i looked down at my stomach i still love my fucking my art on my side i can't hate my stomach because i love the art that uh shout out to tony uh De silva um it's still part of my family and part of my, my part of my life because he tattooed me because he sat with me for 10 hours and i listened to the misfits and and I secondhand smoked a bunch of cigarettes. <laughs> he would go outside and smoke them, but uh, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it changed my life and it changed who I am. And my dad thinks I'm going to a different part of hell than he is now because I got a tattoo. What's he Jewish? Yeah, I, I know. My dad, my dad, dad, of is all like, people. my dad is like the biggest heathen and he's like, oh, now you're going to fucking go to hell. Now I got to get a tattoo. Your dad doesn't have like, any tattoos? No, you know what? You knew that. He told, I think I knew that. He always yeah. said he's going to get flaming dice on his neck. Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my kind of tattoo. <laughs> that's what he always says. He always says, I'm going to get flaming dice on my neck. So, um, dad, I'll get flaming dice on my neck maybe one day for you. <laughs> no, no more tattoos. No offense to Zach or anything. It's just, I really, what I really like that Mandy went big right from the start. She did her whole side. I have a tattoo from here to here for followers. And um, so it's a, yeah, so it's one just big piece. Yeah. And uh, it's just like anything after that. Out. Yeah. No, anything after that seems like you... It, it didn't like you tested that the waters before you just went Ooh, completely. Pun in. <laughs> oh, because the mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. This is supposed to be comedy too, guys. You can laugh. It's cool. Tattoos are. Well, you got two serious. You got serious. I know two right fucking now. freaking guys, Poindexter's. <laughs> Oh man, Zach took offense to that. Like, Zach shot for the glasses. Like, One's a total Poindexter. You're not a Poindexter. I am, I am not a. We neither of us. We're all turned. Oh, they're not Poindexters, guys. These are very hardcore men that I'm sitting around. Really, man. They're really, rugged. These guys are so rugged and tough. They're, really, they're prickly. I'm getting prickled. I iron my clothes every morning. And, I know. And, like, he really does. He irons his clothes every morning. Like. I'm still a manly man at heart. That's okay. I I I still love you guys. I love you guys. Okay, so Nancy Weems wants to know if I have a man purse on. No, it's actually overalls. I just can't Nancy, get. Nancy, he does have a purse that he I carries just, though. He I do have a, a purse. They they made fun of me for years, and now all of a sudden it's in style to carry like a no, like I don't, a man I don't bag. Have a purse, by the way, I, I don't, don't but like a, a shoulder purse. man this bag. This Poindexter doesn't have a purse, but this one does. They made fun of me for years, and now I'm, now I feel like Please I can't even me. now I can't even fucking do it because it's not like uh now it's in style, so it's like not even like yeah, it's a, it's a hype thing. Like it's I was like, saying, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like 
Now I gotta wear like a backpack or something. Oh <laughs> my god, yeah, you got The fanny pack, now they're all wearing it like a purse though. Like, <laughs> I saw a big, big fat guy with it walking down the road the other day. I was like, you look uncomfortable, bro. Like, that does not look like a like a fun uh, accessory. Fashion. I mean, whatever tickles your pickle. I mean, I, I just, um, I'm not one for the, the man purse. Oh my lord! I have a fanny pack I that like I wear to like pockets. every co like concert, and it's great. I'm, I'm, I want to get a fanny pack. It's leather. It's my aunt gave it to me. If she don't like, I wouldn't get a leather one. It's nice. I, 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 I would do pleather. I actually probably have a fanny pack I can give you down in the basement <laughs> after this. Maybe that'll be your payment for the show. I'll okay. give you a used fanny pack. I'll take it. I'll take any form of payment. <laughs> Sold for one used fanny pack, guys. That's what uh, this man's getting paid for for this interview here tonight. Yeah, heavy <laughs> trades, heavy <laughs> trades. <laughs> we um, are getting life uh, lessons from Zach, and we're going to give him a used fanny pack. <laughs> what are heady deals, fam. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, as Bonnie Stelisi saying to your purse, baby. I love my man purse, and honestly, I wish there was something wrong with it <laughs> because that's I what would, I liked I would, about I would, it. I wish something. Would, I wish you would think there was something wrong with my purse. That was the whole point, I think. I, <laughs> I wish you would not like the way I swing my purse. Because <laughs> I, I we got the purse from my aunt, and I said Glenn is just going to use it around the house. She said he's not going to really use it outside, is he? And and as soon as we got it home, Glenn goes, "I'm going to use this." I said, well, I'm not going to tell her. It was handmade. It was really nice. It's a nice. really nice like, leather purse. It's, like, really nice. Like, we shouldn't be wearing it out. Like, I want to save it so we can sell it when Glenn dies. <laughs> well, why do I die first? One of us has got to die and sell the other one's shit. Mm. That, per that purse is worth something. We shouldn't be fucking using it. <laughs> we shouldn't be scuffing it up. <laughs> So, this is so, how uh, I think, guys. So this guys. is the comedy portion so, of the show. Uh, funny, funny story about uh, being dead and stuff. So um, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so, that's so, so back that's, to the time I was dead. Yeah. Uh, that's me. No. Um. So I, my family isn't the best family. My my parents were just they they're just dirt bags and and uh, apparently my mom called the hospital. Not to check to see if I was okay, but to see if there was an insurance claim so she oh could make my, some fucking money. Oh my god! And listen to this. My best friend David Smith, he lives in California now. He flew to Tennessee from California and was searching for an ordained minister so he could fucking marry me, so he could be the next of kin if I were to die and anything went to anyone. So my parents didn't get them. So that's a fucking best friend that's right there. There you go. That that's, is a best friend right there. That's, that's when I woke for up, real. told me that. Like, I was like, yeah. Marry that, my dead right? You're like, you better have you were you sucking my dick too while like, you're in. Like, that is a best fucking friend right there. Like, hey, I'm gonna marry you just so Wait. your parent, your shitty parents don't get their fucking I love it. Yeah, I love that. That is awesome. But That's the hearts give you like, are going off. Everyone loves but it. But that was to give you like for like healthcare proxy and yeah, stuff yeah. too, because yeah. technically your parents would have had control over your, like your life when yeah, you're in that, that state. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck like, them. But he said no. Fuck he that. said that's my faggot. But he that's my faggot right there. That? When he heard them like calling looking for that, he, he flew immediately. <laughs> he flew said away. I fuck him every night. That is my fucking. Yeah, I mean, that is my bitch. If there's any dude I'd marry, it'd probably be him. I mean, just, oh, just I mean, love a, it. But that, the heart and the true, laughs are going off. Everyone loves it. That's a great story. Friend. 
that's a that's an OG right there. That yeah. is a true friend. Well, Glenn is my um, you know, they, there's like 160k if I die, like for my just for my job. Uh, one's 10k, one's 50, 150, and so it's Glenn and then my little brother. So like I call my little brother. So we're killing the little brother, right? So I call my little brother on like a Tuesday, like afternoon. And I'm like, it was it was like way too early to be talking. About I'm like, hey, though. Dylan, how you doing? He's like, good, you. I'm like, all right, so you know how I have, um, all right, so there's two life insurance policies. So when I die, all right, so it's, Glenn's obviously the beneficiary, but Glenn and I are probably going to die together. You're the next in line. You don't smoke cigarettes. You're younger. Anyways, it's two <laughs> policies. It's two checks you're going to be looking for. Um, you have a pen and paper. I have the contact information. Your brother's like, um, I don't really think that's necessary. Like, <laughs> like psycho like it's like he's like let's wait till like the ink dries on the fucking death certificate like mandy like i'm not really fucking worried about your fucking belongings at all we're not worried about it but i mean now that you know that there's a bounty on my head you're interested no no it's just like you should be dylan he's a prime example that everybody should have living fucking uh, everyone should have a gay best friend (laughs) no he was straighter than he was straighter than no no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding kidding. what i'm saying is like you know like we're not guaranteed tomorrow so you know like it's true i was was driving home from work and fell asleep at the wheel you know and woke up a month later and i was just like well i guess that's what dead feels like you know holy crap it's funny though me and mandy actually have handwritten wills with our blood on it we like literally like i'm just a psycho 10 years ago fucking wrote a will and literally like dotted our fingers with blood on it as like the dna proof i guess that like i was like if i ever die or like first 48 or whatever like you know it's like really it's totally we still have it in the safe. Like well, it's I mean, still like, but, with, with, like all it's in like, like it's in like a sheet protector. Like I'm sure like if I ever get like raped and murdered, like Glad will be like, here you go, guys. Yeah, like this is DNA. her binder. Like here's like, her blood on this. So you know it's like legal. here's her blood and like here's like some you, lockets you know, of her hair. You know that this is for real. Like this is her blood. Like this is everyone like, should have a witness protection uh, box where you just have some lockets of hair. You know, like oh, you a don't stool sample. That? You don't have that? You don't have a school sample just on deck? Ready just to hit. go. I guess I'm, it's I don't like, either. Who, who would do that? But, <laughs> no, but the, ta- ta- say about how your dad called us when there was a commercial on TV about, like, oh instead God. of getting uh, instead a finger of, in your instead butt. Instead of getting a colonoscopy the, or a finger up your butt, you mail your shit in a box. And my dad calls me and he's like, the, you got to do a, sh- a commercial about mailing your shit in the box. They're like, like how that's like well, less embarrassing. The, uh, no, like, I, I have the shit on deck in a box, like ready to go. So let's just send it. So it's out. like frozen, or yeah. like just like sitting steaming in Tennessee somewhere. That's uh, room temperature. Who says it's in Tennessee? It could be right here. You never know. And, oh, it's in it's in the closet. It's in, in my guest fridge. Room? Could be. You never know. No, it's in uh, a but that is smart. I mean, some some people don't want to they don't want a little. Up there, so you know that I guess I've my had, dad was considering mailing it in. Far <laughs> too many conversations with grown fucking men. That this is that, a PSA, guys. That that is 
you don't want to die of colon cancer because then you look like an asshole. I know. Because it's like guys, literally my, like one of the more curable cancers. My, my grandpa but no but one wants a finger in their ass. No one wants a finger in their ass. My granddaddy died riddled with cancer. It because was started was, with prostate cancer probably. That's what I meant, prostate cancer. Colon cancer is one of the worst ones there is. prostate cancer, preventable, could have done, but if you don't fucking go to the doctor for 25 years. Yeah, but who, who wants to go to the doctor and get their, a finger in their asshole? Not if you feel fine. I haven't been going to the doctor and I should because I've I been paying for I haven't, I haven't had a finger my ass lately so so i should get to the doctor speaking of i'm due for, for yeah. a wellness check it's been 31 years without one i think it's time i need to fucking get one up in there you know that yeah, they changed the age though to 30 now right well fuck. that's that. what my mom said and i was like fuck well i haven't well, even gotten a tennis now. shot yeah well i haven't gotten a tennis shot since i went to college so like shit. i'm gonna die yep we're all gonna we're, die. We're it's all fine. Die, but uh, some of us are gonna die with fingers in our assholes, and some of us aren't. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's just, that. That's how we weed Moral out the week. Moral of the story. Oh, we weed out the week. How many fingers have you had in your asshole lately? Oh my lord. Um, next. So this digress. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have to digress. We gotta put, we gotta reel it in. People are laughing. Um, Estekian, Bonnie Scalisi, Sean Legier. Barry's in the room. <laughs> What's up, Daniel? Dan Offner, Nancy is laughing. Um, this is it's getting out of control in here. Um, Zach. <laughs> Um, uh, let's, uh, one more, Let, I got another one. You have a tattoo on your head. I do. And what does it say? It, it says misanthrope. And I had to ask you, what does that mean? Uh, the nice way is I keep to myself. The, the exact definition is a person who despises humankind and society. But like when we so is it like when you say humankind is that like human nature? No, he like, says like society, like society well, no, meaning when, learned traits, no. not necessarily human I, traits. I, I, got, I got it because society society as a whole places these 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 milestones in our lives like society says we have to go to school and get a degree and make six figures a year and society says you, you marry someone and you have a kid and you get a white picket fence and you grow old and society pressures us into doing these things with like the image of normal or the image of perfection yeah and like and i'm against that so, so i'm a misanthrope. Me, yeah me too no, I, uh... honestly i haven't heard a new word in a while <laughs> that like i like felt so much like i was like damn like you know uh well because first uh you know when you first i asked you about it and then when i said do you really feel that way about society and then when you started saying well i really don't feel like you know i don't hate all, everyone I just no, hate so that's no, not what no, you're but, that's but not but that's not what but, you're saying but, but like society honestly, i'm i'm a 30 year old lady my body everything in my body right now is like have a kid, have a kid, have a kid, have a kid, have a kid. Yeah. But like everything in my life is like, have a comedy career, don't have a kid. Yeah, <laughs> have like, a comedy career, society, like society don't have a kid. Us, um, you know, my mom sees that I've been with Glenn for 11 years and she wants to be grandma because her sisters have kids and stuff. And I feel bad that mom, sorry, I'm not giving you, a you're making you a grandma, but mm. I can't interrupt my life I mean, for right shit. now i'm, I'm 30 know? and i can barely wipe my own ass what makes you think i can wipe a kid's ass i know like, exactly because that's the thing i i see my mom uh she was 20 by, by the time when she was my age she already had fucking two kids and one almost on the way yeah, or halfway know. on the way so like i don't expect her i i i understand why she made mistakes she was just a kid well yeah no <laughs> it's it's really hard to put into perspective that you know, uh, like putting timelines 
against one another because society has changed a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It used to be, so, like, 18 to get married. Like, I don't, don't want to bring a kid into the world nowadays. Like, well, that's... Like, that's him, too. He's like, what, for the apocalypse? Yeah, like, like, like... I can't... I was an environmental major in college, and basically everything they taught me in my environmental major was, like, anything we're, anything we we're doing is just slowing down how quickly we uh, ultimately expire ourselves. Yeah, most definitely. And like overpopulation and shit like that. And there's enough. They're mining fossil fuels still, but there's enough in reserve to ruin the atmosphere twice over. Yeah. And then they're still mining it. So like, we're gonna be dead before we use the oil that they're mining today. Like. Yeah. But you know, we don't have to fit into society's check boxes. You can get tattoos on your head. That's right. And you don't have to have kids. You can have dogs. And, um, I don't know. You could have any kind of animal you want. People have all sorts of tiger king. Honestly, we had, at at my comedy show, my friend Robin, uh, her husband, or boyfriend, whatever, of 30 years or however long, he's like, he's like, why are they inviting 60-year-olds to their party? It's like, That was for 30, that was, that wasn't one of the (laughs) comedy shows. That was for the 30 days. Yeah, and and I've been hanging out with them, and now I just found out he's like a Red Sox fucking champion ring. I know. I was like, seriously, get the fuck off my property. Seriously, yeah, George, I've loved every. I love George. I love you until now. My whole thing is. People my own age have less interesting of stories than someone that like Rob. Yeah, sixty-year-old, you kidding? Yeah, Robin and George, like they've lived. They, you know, they saw the. They Rolling don't look Stones at their phones while they're fucking hanging out with you. They're not just like. Yeah, like I don't know. Society's just this generation sucks. I know. I'm trying to get out. That's why I'm hanging out with you guys. Yeah, me too. I'm just <laughs> fucking just falling asleep at the wheel, just making it seem like I'm falling asleep. That. I'm trying to get my fucking quick way out. Damn. No, I, I joke about that all the time. Like, no, thank God you're alive. I'm really glad you made it, Zach, because I didn't know you before your rack um, blended, but not really well, right? You guys didn't really hang out in, in high, high school, school, not right? so much. No, well, like I, I, was, I was lame. I wasn't cool like I am now. Well, Glenn was quiet too. I see that was the whole thing. Is I, lame. I, think I kept, to, I kept, to, I kept to myself to avoid. If it wasn't, if you weren't like some of my like closest friends, I avoided t- talking to you much because. High school kids suck. Yeah, and are mean. And you put yourself out there, and then you get made fun of. I, I feel like the the rec like it, it put things in perspective, and it helps me like actually truly live. You know, I get to live each day because we well, appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate life much more now. Authentic. Like, then I was I was just a fucking careless drug addict who's just wasting away, and I didn't give a fuck if I lived or died the next day. But every day I wake up now, and you know I'm glad that I'm fucking here, and I'm I'm, I'm able to to walk and talk like the doctor said I wouldn't, you know, because, because, I mean. Yeah, every, everything. That's crazy. I mean, you don't even have a stutter, my friend. You don't have any, like, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's, uh, oh, here, oh, yeah. Up here I do. Up here it's a fucking mushy mess. <laughs> but of so fun. is everybody, and I'm bound, gonna downplay your brain trauma. <laughs> like I said, I wouldn't in the beginning. We're all fucking idiots, and we all have fucking, you know. Just we're all trying idiot. to, everyone's Yours trying is just diagnosed. It. Like, you just adds like a actual reason. Like you just have a nice like, little excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's not, nice it's not an excuse though. Oh, don't, don't, don't mind me. Oh, him, him with the dick hanging out. Don't mind him. He's just he has a brain injury. Oh, that was brain trauma back in 2017. He, he's he's we can pinpoint like a it. Don't mind him. He's just fucking. That's a he's that's just a brain trauma. He's clinically diagnosed. Don't worry about him. That's me. 
<laughs> so whenever we're at the party, you see the guy twirling his dick around like a helicopter. That's me. Well, I, no one else has excuses. At least you got a fucking excuse, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I just say I was born around, surrounded by characters, and I'm like, like a clown for you know, just by by default. That's that's all. That's my story. Jester. And what about you, Glenn? You're just stuck with me, right? I I no I. I've I've always since high school, like since I came to Long Island, I've tried to make as many friends as I could without fitting in as possible. Oh well, that's true. I always had well, my thing in I used to do was Project Uncool. Not it's not being not being cool and uncool are different. Yeah. Like because I would be weird and wear my own style and my the whole thing and be like, try me. Like I I'm being cool in my own way. So. I really take it back that I saw the guy's point back series. I still feel bad. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I still think I'm not going to live Johnny, that day. Shawnee agreed that we were point Dexters, but uh, it's nine o'clock, baby. All right. Here, do a wrap. Zach, 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 thank, thank you, you for coming. So much. We'll have to have you on again. We want to do. Uh, we want to do on one of Shawnee's episodes. You're going to tattoo Sean. Oh, yeah. We might do a live tattooing, guys. Um, You guys got to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mandy Jones, the comedian. You got to go to Zach Decker Tattoos on uh, Instagram. Look at that Tim that he covered up with those three roses. Yeah. Um, that, and that every and slide into the DMs. Either yeah. message me or um, or or go to Zach's uh, and uh, message him and tell him that you want art on your body and what you're looking for and start the journey of permanent um, symbolic art on your body. David Lang, another great show. Thank you, Joan Cooper. Thanks for watching. Taz, Miss Jones. Thank you, Bonnie, for hanging with us. Everybody, we love you guys. Get home safe. Good night. Yeah, we're out. Good night.